Well, as, as they uh, sang and spoke of today, um, this is all about breaking free today, about breaking free of what we, what breaks us, what enslaves us, what, what chains us. And as a pastor, I have to say a few things before I get to that, because that's what I came for. And we have a lot of cool things going on in the church, and I need to share with you a little bit about them. We do have a new members class today, so if you've been thinking, hey, Marion Methodist is the place for you, I've been cooking all morning getting your lunch ready. It's just directly after this service. Come on down uh, the, the hallway and join us. The turkey truck came to me this morning and said, you know, we need 250 volunteers. We're about 30 short. Uh, the turkey trot's one of our big community ministries. It's a, it's a run and a walk that happens uh, South Marion and downtown Marion. We raise money through it, through the registration. Sometimes as many as 2,200 people have registered for it, uh, for uh, Horizons Family Services. So uh, and the Feeding Lunch to Youth program. So if you can, volunteer out there in the, the main area, kind of where the coffee is. There's some uh, orange-colored sheets. We'd encourage you to pick it up. When you came in this morning, the ushers handed you a card that says, Thank you, Marion Methodist. Hashtag thank you, Marion Methodist. This is our low-tech part of our high-tech campaign. So if you have something, even from a praise worship set, that you're really thankful for about Marion Methodist, uh, we would love to have it. The finance stewardship uh, team is going to do something with these a little bit later. Uh, so uh, take a minute, write something down. Uh, you can use both sides if you want. Drop them in the offering plates uh, when they come around. And then just a couple of things for you longtime Marian Methodists. I want you to gaze back here. Um, it seems funny to me to announce to the church that we got our Bible because <laughs> that's what we stand on. Although this one you actually could stand on because it's giant. Um, there's a lot of things in our building program that have been phased in or negotiated and prices and all that kind of stuff. So our Bible came this week. Uh, Regan Huckfelt, who's probably in here right now, is making a uh, beautiful new stand. We're going to upgrade from this three-ring notebook that holds it. Um, but that Bible was one of our historic Bibles from our other location, and we rebound it and put it together. And... For those of you that are long-term Marian Methodists, there were three stained glass windows extracted from our sanctuary, the Jesus window, the Moses window, and the peace window. Um, the stained glass window company called me this week, and uh, what they're saying is they'll have them installed before our November 18th consecration. So yay us, that's going to be it. I'm excited about that. And that's all the announcements I can give. Let's take a minute, let's pray. God, when we came in here today, we knew who we are, we know who we were, we know who you desire us to be. And we went into those songs, Lord, uh, you remind us that you call to us all the time and that you'll break any chains that, that hold us down. So I, I just want to come before you, Lord, as a preacher and let what's said here today not be, you know, something I conjured up on a computer screen or in the study of an office, but Lord, let the words that people hear, maybe not what I speak, but let what they hear be directly from you. Let it call to them. Let it free them from what enslaves them. Let them be loosed from what holds them down. And let us together uh, walk into your present and your eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. So we got some of my college students back from college this weekend. Glad to see you guys here. What you've been missing if you haven't been watching me on the internet or Simon. 
is we've been talking about taboo in the temple, some things that uh, maybe we don't like talking about in church. And this whole idea, guys, has been about not talking about things that you say, oh, Simon, oh, Pastor Mike, that was really close to home. I don't want to preach close to home. Our goal in this sermon series is to be in your home. It's to be right up in your yard, to be right up in the things that maybe you don't want to talk about, but that, you, that we need to talk about. And we've been talking about the things that are taboo, that, 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 that are close to us, not about their stuff, but about your stuff, our own stuff. And so today, we're going to talk about your addictions. I brought a couple of pictures today. I want to show you the first one now. Uh, this is one of the greatest men that passed their way through my life. This is Sal Alanez Sr., Teresa's father, uh, my father-in-law. In that picture, uh, he's a seaman getting ready to go to World War II as a radio man upon the United States, Missouri. And he's a drunk. And he was really good at being a drunk for a long, long time. This was his before picture. But not only was a drunk from what his sons say, a couple of them anyway, it was a pretty tough drunk. Not a happy drunk. Could be kind of a rough drunk. Not beat him up drunk, but just kind of mean. His wife will tell you the same thing. Matter of fact, she will say frequently, I was married 65 years, and 55 of them were good. This is Sal's before picture. Then he became a friend of Bill W. I don't know if you know what that is, but that means he became a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. He realized that that which had a hold of him that was enslaving his life was far too difficult for him to overcome alone. Not only did he need the help of God, but he needed a collection of people that could help him break that addiction. So I want to show you a second picture. This second picture is the after picture. This is the after picture of, uh, of Sal uh, later on in his life when he became uh, free of alcohol, uh, when he had raised his family. But I will tell you that this Sal had some circumstances with his kids, and two of his boys would say it took him years and years and years to overcome. But there is an after. Because by God's help, he was able to overcome it. And I want to tell you on one of the last nights of his life, and I do believe this might have been the last night of his life, since Sal went to five meetings a week because he needed that kind of help, and on the last night of his life in his hospital room at Henry County Memorial Hospital, he didn't know it. Dementia had overtaken him. His health conditions had overtaken him. But his friends decided to have his last meeting. So they had his last AA meeting in that hospital room. And I want to tell you, it's one of the most powerful things I've ever been at. Is because one man after another and a few women came forward and said, this guy changed my life. Because he helped me become a friend of Bill W. And he helped mentor me into the ability of breaking the addiction that held on to me. There is an after. And I brought you this because this is about as intimate as I can get with addiction in our family. Because like I said, one of the greater men in my lives was enslaved by an addiction. So I want to tell you this. It's not the addictions out there that I want to talk about. It's not what God's brought me here to do. The taboo is not out there somewhere. It's right here. It's inside of you. 
It's within me as well. Addiction is here. And it's real. And it's hard. And it's enslaving. And it's powerful. And it's debilitating. And it's controlling. And addiction is conquerable. It's conquerable. You know, getting ready for this talk. I did what every pastor in my generation does now. I went on Google. And you can take any number you want. Three, five, seven. Three steps to break an addiction. There's a book on that. Seven steps to break an addiction. The the biggest one I got was the 11 steps. Everybody's written a book that writes a book about behavioral modification on how a person can break an addiction. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of lists out there and there's a lot of ways to change your behavior. And they've been very useful to a lot of people. And you came to the Church of Jesus Christ to hear God's word to you today. So this morning, here's what we're going to do. We're going to create a spiritual perspective of this. A spiritual opportunity. A spiritual space in which you can confront your addictions. Or your own addictions. Because there is strength for this battle. See, spiritually, in regard to the things we do, every human being is a trinity made up of body, mind, and spirit. In relation to the things we do, body, mind, and spirit, they all come into play. When the mind is controlled by the body, that is, the fleshly desires that we have, addictions will naturally arise. When we let let our our fleshly desires take us, we're going to get consumed with something. Because addictions always appeal to your most basic, your most human, your, your most vulnerable, your most insecure, your most root desires. And they can be a lot of things. Addictions can include things like my, mind and body altering substances. You know that. I mean, I already talked about alcohol. You know about various kinds of drugs and, and, and all that sort of thing. But, 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 but addictions can also include stuff like gambling where, where people get so consumed with winning the lottery or, or, or playing cards or, or whatever it is. Or, or some people get so addicted to porn or, or they become sex addicts, which is, you know, trying to control uh, other people. Others, you know, get involved in, they, they have eating addictions. They, there's shows on TV called My 600-Pound Life. That, that's the end of an addiction. You know that, right? But on the other side of the eating, there's also people that get so so uh, focused on, on, on their self-image and so blinded in their self-image, they stop eating altogether, and that's an addiction too. And then others say, well, I've got to keep this right, so I'm going to exercise two and three times a day. There's digital, digital things that can become addicting to us. Some of you are digital addicts. Let me give you a quick test. Is the first thing you do in the morning to reach to your nightstand, to find out what's going on in the world. Not your alarm clock I'm talking about. But to see, did, did anybody like my post? Did something, something cute come? Did somebody get a cat shot on Snapchat? What, what happened? Because here's what I see. You know, it used to be when I, when, when I was coming up, you'd meet a cowboy or something in, in, in Tyson's or something like that, and on their back pocket, they'd have a round circle from their tin, right? Now on the other pocket, they got a square from their cell phone. But we know that some of us are addicted to stuff that, that's just in our mobile devices, in, 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 in our electronics. We get social media and game. We get something. Man, I, I've done married counseling about people that were addicted to gaming. Not kids. Not kids. 
addictions that were destroying marriages. You can be addicted to a lot of things. Like some people have personal obsessions. Some of you in this room right now are addicted to lip balm. You can't go five minutes without lip balming up. Don't point to somebody. Or you have an obsession with biting your nails or flipping your hair or something like that. Others of you have have addictions for shopping. You can't go buy a place that sells something without stopping to look at whether you might need something and you don't. Some of us are workaholics. We're obsessed. We're addicted to our work. I tried to explain what a workaholic once was to a Chinese seminarian. And uh, they said, well, what is that? People that drink alcohol at work? I'm like, no, there's a few people that want to, but no. <laughs> and we have addictions. Some people are addicted to affirmation or being right all the time. We just can't live a moment without somebody telling us how great we are or something like that. And you'll notice that I, I listed a lot of addictions, but I didn't put coffee up there. <laughs> That's a me thing. But, but our addictions, and there's more than that. And if I didn't list yours, I'm sorry because you know what it is. But, but our addictions become a form of idolatry. What idolatry is, is, is they become so prominent in our lives, we actually put them between us and God. We don't do it meaningfully, but we just spend more time thinking about that than we do about lifting God up in our lives. Or we spend more time thinking about what, what our habit is or our addiction is than, than we... T- then we think about how God might, might want to be moving us. And, and because of that, many of us are dying a slow physical or emotional death. Do you get what I'm saying? Because of our addiction, some of us are dying a slow physical or emotional or spiritual death because of the hold that addiction has on us. Often, the only thing that can free us from our addiction is the power of Jesus Christ. Don't miss that. My father-in-law, Sal, would tell you that While the 12 steps were very, very helpful, Jesus is who interceded in his life. God made his heart right. That's what helped him complete the 12 steps and stay on the program throughout his his life. Often the only thing that can free us from our addiction is the power of Jesus Christ, which is why I'm here today to tell you that news. When, when, When the mind is directed by the spiritual desires, we're led on a path of, of physical, emotional, and spiritual purity and healthfulness. When we, when we put our mind into God, this is where we get directed. Because i got to ask you this question. This is not rhetorical. What is the hardest addiction to break? Do you know? I can tell you. Do you know what the hardest addiction to break is? Yours. Your addiction is the hardest one to break. I can't break yours for you. But I know in my life, my addictions that I have, the hardest ones to break are me. I am not the least bit tempted to become a drug addict. So what's the big deal? Not hard for me, but for a person that's a drug addict, I'm not addicted at all to shopping. I, you know, I'm that guy that I, I hate that all the stores in, in Linmar and Lindale and all that are going broke, but I didn't help keep them open. I didn't. Teresa did what she could, but... Pastor's salary only goes so far, you know. But the hardest addiction to break are the ones we have, and God gives us the ability to break our addictions. 
Let me show you the third piece of scripture we want to share with you today. It comes from Titus chapter 2. This is what I'm based on today. Titus chapter 2 says this. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Now watch this. It teaches us to say no. No to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, which means right now, while we wait, we wait on the ble- for the blessed hope, appearing, the appearing of the glory of God and our great Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify himself of people that are his very own, eager to do what's good. God gives us the ability to say no. And we need to keep saying it. And here's why. One of the most precious possessions we have in our home, I have in my hand right now. It's small. It's not worth a dollar on the street. But it's priceless in our lives. This is Sal Alanis's 55-year coin for being in Alcoholics Anonymous. My father-in-law's 55-year coin. You would think that after being in, an, 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 uh, in recovery for 55 years, the answer to the next question I posed to you would be different. When he'd been in recovery for about 50 years, I said to him once in a restaurant, having a cup of coffee, I said, Sal, you're 50 years into your alcoholic anonymous lifespan. Do you ever think of drinking anymore? Do you know what his answer was? Anybody that's a friend of Bill W., you know what the answer is? Every day. Every day. I had never seen the man try, because I came in later to this family. I'd never seen the man drink, think, or even like being around alcohol. And yet he said, every day. Every day. How can that be? Because they have a grip on us. Uh, our addictions have a grip on us. No matter if they, you feel they're severe or not, they have a grip on us. 1 Corinthians says this, temptation is common to humankind. It's part of all of us. Part of our condition, the flesh wants what it wants. We drive to where we want to drive. And here's why. Jesus, at the, at, at, out in the wilderness with Satan, you find this in Luke chapter 4, verse 13. It says this at the end of the scripture. Take a look at this. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him forever. Not what it says, does it? When the devil's filled, finished with your tempting, he doesn't leave forever. He leaves when? Until an opportune time. When's an opportune time? An opportune time is when you're frustrated, when you're sad, when you're stressed, when you're bored, when you're lonely, when you're in the presence of it. I, I have a number of friends that have beaten alcoholism. One of my friends told me recently, he says, the par- hard part for me, Mike, is I'm in the presence of it all alone. Not only is it at work functions, not only is it at social functions, but when I go to buy groceries, when I buy to go to buy gra- gas, when I go to buy my drugs, it's everywhere. And I have money. I could buy it. When's the opportune time? Depends on you. Because certainty is this. Temptation is not a once and for all thing. Never has been. Paul goes on in Corinthians and says this, And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Because he's given you strength. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. See, our need is this. We get so hard on ourselves. Some of us have 
gotten addictions, and we've stared straight at him in the face and said, I'm going to break you. I'm going to step away from you. I have had enough of you. I am tired of being enslaved by you. I am tired of being in chains by you. I am going to try to break you, and we fail. Once, twice, 50 times. What we need to do is break our focus on the frequency of our failure. So many of us that have addictions say, I've tried, I can't make it. And what Jesus says, try with me once. Quit trying alone. Because I will provide you a way out so that you can endure it. Might you fail on the way out? Yes. Might you fail again on the way out? Yes. But you will be given a way out if you trust in me to bring you out. So this morning, most of the balance of our minutes is going to be to give you an opportunity, to give you a space to spiritually confront and cast out your own addictions and to replace them with things that are useful. Because the Holy Spirit can and will break every chain of addiction. The Holy Spirit can and will break every chain of addiction. Let the hearers understand what I'm saying here. The the Holy Spirit can and will presently comfort you in and through your temptations, which is to say He gives you peace and calm in the midst of it because the temptation won't stop. It won't. Temptation is relentless upon our souls. But in the peace, you can have peace in the midst of it when presently you have comfort in it and presently The Holy Spirit will counsel you in a way that leads to a better life, which is simply put saying, God will give you a second path. He will give you a way out if you ask. See, I was taught a long time ago that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He never comes to the places he's not invited to. He never forces himself upon anyone that doesn't want him in their lives. And so if you want the Holy Spirit in your life, you have to ask. You have to invite Him in. And and the Holy Spirit can and will break your addictions if you believe. If you believe that the Holy Spirit will provide you a way out. He he won't do all the steps for you, but He's going to provide you a way. He's going to provide you a pathway. You have to do the work of modifying your behavior, but, but the Holy Spirit will strengthen you and comfort you and guide you along the way. And you get to wait, see? This is the part we don't like. We say a prayer, look up to heaven and say, okay, God, I'm good. Tell me now. Give me the out now. But the Holy Spirit needs space and time, the space of your entire body, the space of your entire mind, the space of your entire and full attention, the space of, of your expectation that he can and will provide a way out you, the time that he needs for you to make the changes, for you to be ready to set, be set free. This is what the Holy Spirit wants. I'm, I'm going to have Simon come up here. He's going to play a, a little song, and, 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 and I'm going to take some time while he's, like, while he's working us into that. The song he's playing is called No Longer Slaves. And I love the lyrics of this song. I love the message of it because what our addictions do is they enslave us. They, they, let us, they make us be in a place that we're not free. They, they hold us down all the time. So, so, so we're going to take a, a space here now to confront your addiction, to, to, to let you be with the Lord right here. We're going to take time right here in worship. You know, if this is a full-out altar call and you need to come down here and pray, that is fine with me. And if you're nervous about it, you can go way down there in the end. If you're better right in your seat, then stay there. If you don't have anything and you wish you knew what we were talking about, I'm sorry. 
Not really. Because there's so many of us that are broken here by addictions. We're going to take time. We're, we're, we're not going to try to wrangle the Holy Spirit today. But I really want you to, 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 if you would, you know, just ask. Ask the Holy Spirit, God, would you take this from me? Will you provide me a second way? Will you give me a way that I can get out of my porn addiction? Will you get, let me get out of the smoking weed all the time? Will you get, let me out of this being right all the time or needing affirmation or whatever it is? Just ask, God, help me out. Will you help me out? Will you come and help me out right here, right now? And, and we're going to give you some time to, to just believe it. To just believe that God can change you and, and break that addiction and give you. And we're going to take just a couple minutes because, by the way, I'm, I don't know what you got going on, but I'm right on time according to the clock in the back. So we're going to wait on the Holy Spirit. So if you've got no reason to come forward, then just pray. Let Simon kind of lead you. But if you need this, let's just, let's just close our, our eyes. Let's be in prayer. going to rush. When you wait upon the Holy Spirit, you just have to wait. I'm no longer asleep. It can break your right path. be afraid to admit to God, to yourself what's holding you back, what's what's got you shackled. You're his child. He's already said he wants you. He's not going to hesitate. If you say come, he's on his way. If you say grab me, Lord, he says my hands are already around you. Focus on him. Focus on his power. How he can change you right here. If you've been being hesitant, go ahead and open your heart. You don't have to kneel down, but we're going to stay right here in this minute for a bit. Just let God free you. It can happen even today. You know, if you if you didn't break a habit yesterday, the best day to pick is today. So just let God overwhelm you. It might not be what you came for, but it is what's available. Child. 
hoping that we can stay in this spirit all day but I know that we have responsibilities and I'm going to keep Simon right there and he's going to sing that as an offering in a minute and if you want to join in you can I don't know if the words are going to be on the screen I don't really care because a lot of us know it in our hearts but when you say you split the sea so I could walk right through it just imagine those things that are crushing you just splitting open and you can walk right through it this is why in Romans it says lean into the transformation of your minds And it will make you what God wants you to be. And you will know what is good and pleasing and perfect to Him. This is our call this morning. This is why we came to worship. You might not even have known it. But this is what God wants us to hear. So now, of course, while we're taking the offering, which we get to do because we love God so much, we want to give Him our gifts. I'm going to ask Simon to just guide us through. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are beloved.